Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Me first. We live at a time where me first is very prevalent. It's a me generation. All you have to do is look at social media. Social media is us putting out there all about ourselves. Now, some of you will say, yeah, but there's more than that. Yes, but whatever you end up putting up there, if it's a picture of another person, or it's an event, or it's a meme that you found, it's still about you and what you've put out there. Individualism has become prominent today. And there's a good reason why. We have lost a lot of trust in institutions. We've lost a lot of trust in authorities. And because of that, the person that you can rely on is yourself. And this is impacting a wide variety of areas. One area in particular is the area of religion. For example, there has been a shift that has moved from organized religion to personal spirituality. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, I am spiritual but not religious. It's about your personal journey. It's about being able to go to the buffet of spirituality and choose what you want. What will satisfy your spiritual hunger? What happens when me first or a me generation, what happens when individualism comes into a local church? What happens when it comes into a local spiritual community? Well, it becomes about my preferences, what I like. Ministers, clergy throughout the world have seen a drop in attendance. And one of the reasons for that, just one out of many other reasons, but one of those reasons is people have become so focused upon what they want that if they don't get what they want, then they leave. It's no longer about the community. It's no longer about being able to sit there and realize that, yes, I may not like this, but perhaps there are others that do. And so more and more spiritual communities have a wide variety of expectations of what those churches and communities ought to be. And when they do not meet those, individuals find the nearest exit and off they go. This idea of individualism is not only prevalent in our society, but when it's prevalent in our churches, I wonder, is it possible 
that we are promoting it. Have the local church promoted individualism? Hear me out. Let me throw this idea out there and see what you think. Is it possible that communion is part of the problem? Is it possible that celebrating the Lord's Supper, celebrating the Eucharist, celebrating communion promotes a me-first attitude? Think about what happens when we partake in communion. It becomes very self-focused. It's a time for many people of introspection. When we start communion, it not only happens here in this church, but it happens in a multitude of churches. Everyone gets quiet. And we like that. We like that sense of reverence. We like that sense of quietness because then we can go inside ourselves. It really doesn't matter what the person across the way is thinking or doing. That isn't important to me. What's important to me is me. But has it always been that way? Has communion, which is supposed to be all about community, has it lost its original intent? Are we missing out on something by the way that we now have communion? Well, when you read the Gospels, and the early church fathers, you begin to discover that the early followers of Jesus, when they remembered the Lord's Supper, they actually had a full meal. And that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And in the text that was read for us, we see that idea that they had come together for a meal. And during that meal, there was broke, the breaking of bread and the blessing and the sharing of the cup. That was part of the meal. Usually, the breaking of the bread would happen at the very beginning. And one of the reasons why it happened at the very beginning is some of the poorer communities, some of the poorer groups that meant that may be all they had was bread. And then at the end, there was the blessing of the cup and the drinking of the wine. But those were not separate events it was all part of a meal that they celebrated together. And one of the reasons why they celebrated this meal is because it reminded them of Jesus. When you look at Jesus' mission, when you look at his purpose, over and over it's about the kingdom of God. And with the coming of the kingdom of God, there would be a great 
banquets. This idea of eating this banquet, of the time of festivity, comes not only from the Jewish community, but it also comes from the Greco-Roman period. And so the early church, in order to remember Jesus and what he was about and what he did, when you read the Gospels over and over, you hear that Jesus was eating with people. And some of those people were not ones that were typically invited to a meal. Jesus is accused of that. It's one of the things that gets him in trouble. is because he's willing to eat with people that you shouldn't eat with. And the disciples and the followers of Jesus, they remembered that. And so when they would meet, and it was usually in the evenings, when they would meet, they would come together and have a meal. And part of that meal was the breaking and eating of bread and the blessing and the drinking of the cup. That was part of it, but it didn't stand alone. When they had communion, when they celebrated the Lord's Supper, it wasn't quiet. It was actually a joyous occasion. They would tell stories and they would remember the life of Jesus. They would reflect upon the life of Jesus. They would remember what he was about, what he stood for. And the meal was a perfect way to capture the essence of what Jesus was all about. In the Greco-Roman period, when you attended a meal, where you sat was really, really important. When I was 18, 19 years old, living in Southern California, I went to work with the police department. I was a cadet, a police cadet. I had the same uniform they did. I had a badge. I had the patches, had a little thing that said cadet underneath the patch. I had my own police car I could drive. It didn't say out of service on it. That was part of what I did. But what I had learned from that experience was it was really important where you sit. Not only when you were in du on duty and wearing the uniform, but even when you were off duty. And to this day, 30-some years later, I find myself needing to sit where I can see the door. That's important to me. I can relax and enjoy the meal. Well, the same thing would happen in the Greco-Roman period. It was important where you sat because it was all about power and prestige. There was a place of honor, and then from there, there was a pecking order, and you knew where you stood by where you were seated. 
Jesus comes along and he talks about the kingdom of God. And when he has a meal, when he goes to a meal, he does away with that. It's about equality. It's about inclusion. Everyone is invited to the meal. There's a parable that Jesus tells, and he invites people, and they're too busy to come. So he tells his servants, go out and invite everyone. That's the essence of what Jesus was trying to teach us, and it's captured in a meal. But what happened is over time, the bread and the wine begin to be separated from the meal. And there's a wide variety of reasons that explains this. But the earliest hints we have of it was anywhere from 100 to 150 years after Jesus' death, do we see this separation actually begin to take place. You move into the 6th, 7th century, it's pretty well gone. There is no meal. Instead of meeting in homes, they are now meeting in basilicas and churches. There are no tables in there. So instead, it went from a supper to having a snack. It went from being communal as a community to being about you and your salvation. Have we lost something? By walking away from a communal meal, are we missing out on something? I imagine you understand the power of a meal. Either in your home or going out with friends, there's something about a meal and sharing that with others that creates this sense of belonging. In a world where we are continually focusing upon the individual, could it be that we have in our tradition something that can remind us that the community might actually be more important than just myself. What would happen? Could you use your imagination if spiritual communities, if churches, when they celebrated the Lord's Supper, they actually celebrated it by having a meal together? Would we gain something? Would we benefit from something? In the early 1700s, the Church of the Brethren decided that that was what they were going to do. So when they would have the Lord's Supper, there would be times throughout the year where they would come together and have a common meal to be reminded 
of the importance of community, of the importance of belonging, and to remind ourselves that it's not always about me and what I want, what my preferences are, what my expectations are, but it's me belonging to a larger group of people. When you belong to a family, it's not always easy. There's give and take. Perhaps at a meal, we learn to give and to take. I invite you to reflect on those ideas as you hear this song and as you prepare for us to celebrate communion. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.